So this was this is a uh, this is a teaching that I heard from from uh, Rip Shlomo in in shul years ago on Seventy uh, Ninth Street, and he he said this this is a Torah from the Rishon Rebbe, um, who was really like the dean of the Rebbe's in his in his day. You know, like all the tzaddikim would come to the Rishon Rebbe, and um, the Rishon Rebbe said this by by the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Now. It's interesting, I, I'll give you an extra piece of information, because I saw this from the Chidush Arim just recently, that the first day of Rosh Hashanah is really a dim beruchnius. It's more of a dealing with the spiritual matters, matters of our soul. And the second day of Rosh Hashanah, it's more the din, more the judgment is coming down in terms of the begashmius, the, the, the physical things of this world, the material things of this world. So if you just, you know, because sometimes... It's hard to understand the first day of Rosh Hashanah, second day of Rosh Hashanah. How should I prioritize things? How should I even just uh, approach the construct? So this is this is a nice thing to know. First day is the more spiritual things. Second day is the more material things. Okay, and by the way, we also have this idea that um, that that Rosh Hashanah does isn't a first day and a second day. By the way, that it's one forty-eight hour day, which is kind of a mind blower. Like, how can you have a forty-eight hour long day? But when we're talking about the recreation and the creation of the universe and, you know, all of time space is, gets wiggy, you know, it's like, so, um, anyway, it's deeper than that, I'm sure, but, but, but here's the story. So, so Reb Shlomo looked in the Sefer and he said, he said, I'm going to put it in my own words, but this is a Torah of the original Rebbe. So this is in Reb Shlomo's words. He said, it's like this. Imagine you're, uh, you're on the subway, you're riding on the subway, and you, you look across and you see someone sitting opposite you, and it's clear to you that that person's your soulmate. And you really want to approach that other person, but you're nervous. You don't, you don't have the bravery to do it. So finally, the subway gets to your stop, and... You, you're like, it's now or never. <laughs> so you walk up to the person and you actually get the first three digits of their phone number, but then the doors are closing and you have to jump out. <laughs> so you're only getting like... Now, if any of you know about phone numbers, I'm not talking about the area code right now. The first three digits tells you the neighborhood of where the person lives. Okay? So Rip Shlomo, when he said this, he, he picked, he said, I'm going to pick a nice... From Mary, he says that because he knew the first three numbers of Borough Park. So he says, okay, so it's Borough Park, that's in Brooklyn, right? And, he, and so the person goes to that neighborhood that they know that the first three digits of that number is, and they're driving around in their car, and they're looking out the window the whole time to see if they can find that person, just kind of walking the sidewalks in the neighborhood, because they know they live there. Then at a certain point, they hear a police siren behind them. And the police car flags them and pulls them over and says to the driver, that's, that's us, we're the driver, right? Says to the driver, hey, look, I've been following behind you and you've run one red light, two red lights, three red lights, right? The whole time because you're looking out the window, you're not looking at the traffic lights. But this is one too many. I have to take you in to see the judge. So you go to the courthouse and, you know, it's not great, right? 
walking down the hallway, you walk into the courtroom, and who's the judge? The person from the subway. <laughs> and you look at her, and she looks at you, and she summons you to come next to her and says, look. Now remember, this is a Torah by the second day. The original Rebbe said this by the second day of Rosh Hashanah. He said, you know what? There's time to judge you, but right now I just want you to be close, sit next to me. <laughs> right now, let's just be close and then we'll get to it. So that's the story. So we could go, I could give you my interpretation and go step by step through the story and tell you what I think it means. But I can, let's, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Let's just start with the, the headline of that story. The headline is the judge because Rosh Hashanah has, has many names. One of the names is Yom HaDin, which means the Day of Judgment. So, you know, among God's many kaleidoscopic, you know, manifestations on Rosh Hashanah, judge is one of them. Judge is one of them. So, so we have to know that the one who's judging us is the one who loves us the most. That's, that's, that's the headline. That's the headline. And I'll just maybe throw in one more interpretation. This is from me. What does it mean that you're running one red light after another? You know, when you run a red light, that would be considered doing um, an Avera, going against the Torah, right? That would be the equivalent. But what were you doing while you were running the red lights? You were just looking for the one you loved the most. That's the reason why you were running the red lights, because you didn't have your eye on the road. Which means, I'm talking on a deep level, maybe on a soul level, maybe this isn't conscious at all. On the deepest, deepest level, when we're doing the wrong things, when we're doing the wrong things in life, on the deepest level, we're just looking for God. And we may not even know it. We may not even be in touch with that's what's going on in our soul. We're trying to find that meaning in other places, but really on the deepest level, we're looking to connect to God. That's what's going on. And then over time, over life, as we get to know ourselves better, as we get to know our souls better, as we get to know the world better, as we get to know God better, we realize this is true. But it's not necessarily obvious, especially in the beginning stages of our life, that that's what's going on with us. We think we just want to get high. <laughs> that's actually just that's as simple as that. Don't tell me I'm looking for God. I just want to get high. Okay, then I get a little bit older and I go, you know what? I was actually looking for something transcendent. And then, okay, and then I figure, okay, what is the most transcendent thing in the entire world? It's God. So I guess I was looking for God. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. So I just close with this thought. At one point, I think I was going to say this in shul, but I don't think I'm going to say it anymore, so I'll share it with you guys. (laughs) Which is, we're going to be making Hashem king. That's what Rosh Hashanah is about. You say, Hashem is king. So, here's my question. How do you feel about the fact that you're making Hashem king? (laughs) No one ever asks that. You just normally say, okay, we're making Hashem king. That's what it is. I made Hashem king. I'm back to my life. But I'm asking you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? the fact that there's a king? 
and that you're making in him. You know, Rabbi Freeman said something very strong. He said, if we're making Hashem king, who is Hashem running against? <laughs> right? So it's a very clear answer. He was running against you. <laughs> so who are you voting for? Are you voting for God or are you voting for yourself? Who, you know, so in the deepest, deepest, deepest way, we have to ask ourselves, who really is running the world? And if there is a power that's running the world, for real, who made the world and who's actually running the world, whether I can understand how he does it or not, because it's pretty mysterious to everyone, don't expect to understand it. But if there really is a power that's running the world, and as we just learned, he's the one who loves me the most, you know, I used to say to my kids, I don't know if this messed them up or if it helped them, I have no idea, but I used to say to them, you know who loves you more than anyone, even more than me? <laughs> God. <laughs> so if you know there's a power that's really, he's making the world, he's running the world, he loves you more than anyone, even if you can't understand it all the time, even if you can't understand how you're being protected, even during those times of mishpat, of din, of judgment. Right? For sure I want God running the world. Not only do I want God running the world, I want a relationship with the God who's running the world. For sure. And I feel so lucky to even have access to that relationship. Ben Sion said something so strong on yesterday. Those of did you hear him? Yeah. It was I mean it was just gold. It was like you just standing Yeah, I mean you just wanna just wish you could have recorded that and broadcast it to the whole world, you know? Um he he said something, he said something. Maybe if I have the presence of mind I'll I'll I'll, I'll repeat it on Rosh Hashanah. But he's like you know, are you going to be the star of your own movie, or are you going to be a bit player in your own movie? That's, that's very, very deep. That's very, very deep. You know, because a lot of people, they go through life, and they think, here are all the players in my life. And you know what? You didn't even make the, you didn't even make the poster for your own movie. <laughs> this guy's running my life, and that guy's running my life, and this one's running my life, and that one's running my life. And I'm a bit player in my own life. What a drag. What a drag. To be a bit player in your own life? What a drag. That's a drag. Figure out how you can be the star of your own movie. You know? And I'll tell you something. Rocky, have you ever seen the movie Rocky? Do you know that Rocky, it's the, it's the underdog, most beloved underdog comeback movie in, in cinema history. Do you know that Rocky loses the fight at the end? <laughs> Did you know that? Most people will tell you Rocky wins the fight at the end of the movie. He loses the fight at the end of the movie, but you saw 
how much progress he made and how much he struggled, and everyone experiences the end of that movie that he won the movie. Because they understand that the, that the bottom line is, how much did you try? And if you tried your hardest, you won. I don't care what anyone says. If you tried your hardest and you got to the end, you won. So to be the hero of your own movie doesn't mean that you necessarily win, but you do win. So you say, how can I be the star of my, my own movie if I'm not the most beautiful or the most intelligent or the richest or whatever, the fastest? How could I be the star? The, whoever fits that mold has to be the star. But you see, it's not true. I'll tell you something, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a writer by profession. And one of the script notes that you get all the time, and you never want to get this script note because it means you didn't do a good job or it means you have to fix it. Your lead can't be passive. Your hero cannot be passive. Your hero has to be making things happen. They have to be driving the narrative of the story. If they are just being reactive to the other characters, you have a bad script. The lead has to be making things happen, has to be proactive. If it's not, you've got a bad script. Then you're not really the star of your own movie. One of the things that we do when we do the symbolic foods is we, we eat from a fish head, right? Um, some people eat the eyeball. Like Yehuda Solomon, he's like really big on the eyeball, he eats the eyeball, you know? That's against a bad eye, you know? These are all kind of mystical things, you know? But, um, you know, you can just kind of take a little bit of meat from the head and it tastes the same as the rest of the body. So, But it's coming from the head. But we say that God should bless us, that we should be the head and not the tail. That's what that means, to be driving your own story. That's what it means to be the head and not the tail. Right? And I'm saying something, and you have to really think about this, because it's going to apply differently in all of your lives. It doesn't mean you have to win. But you're empowering yourself to make the choices. And then you're making them. That's called living life. That's called living life. Like I, this turn of phrase once came to me. Are you living life or is life living you? Right? You don't want life living you and then all of a sudden you're 80 or 90 or whatever it is. So God, like, you know, we're, we're pulling into the, the, the cosmic gas station right now and we're about to get a full tank of super, right? But if you don't press down on the gas pedal... <laughs> Stay in park. So, as Reb Shlomo would say, I'm blessing you, bless me back. That we should look at our life and figure out where am I just being reactive? Where am I in park? And where can I start really driving? And don't make it contingent on whether or not, you know, you think success is guaranteed. Because you don't know either way. 
just to make the effort. 